back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Rolling right along here on the block, he's Eric Strickland, Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet. I'm Austin Norman. Glad you've uh, dialed us up here on the radio, 93.7 The Ticket, 93.7 TicketFM.com. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, we're broadcasting on all of those places. So go check us out. Drop us a follow, a like, whatever it is you can do on that site. We greatly appreciate it. Strick tonight, Nebraska goes to Purdue to Mackey Arena. The spread uh, heavily in favor of Purdue I think for a couple reasons. Number one, Juwan Gary being out. Number two, uh, Purdue, I think, has, uh, or Nebraska has Purdue's attention after how the game at Pinnacle Bank Arena went down. And number three, Nebraska has never won in Mackey Arena. And some of them have been ugly. Yeah. Um, so they're definitely ready, right? Um, if you just check the trends of what I've said, Early, but when you first came on with us on the block, uh, even in the in in the in the trifecta of <laughs> of uh, of work we were doing together before Nate left, um, I had discussions about what Nebraska a trend that you need to see from them to have success. This Purdue team is 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 so good at what they what they do. They run so many sets. They have just their game plan is structured around uh, you probably will never see the same set run again, even if they have success with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, What I like about Purdue as well is that they score, um, you know, they average 70, almost 76 points a game. And this is the trend that I've been talking about. I said Nebraska is going to have to score in the in the low 70s, upper 60s, if they're going to have success. What happened on, you can just go look at their losses. What happened in Illinois? They could barely scratch 50, right? Mm-hmm. And that's 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 when they struggle. They play good enough defense as they did in one half of that game to keep them relevant and in the game. Whereas in the, se- in, the, in, in the second half, they shot over 50-something percent. You, it's unsustainable. And therefore, you if you're not able to match that pace and keep up with teams in scoring, then you're not going to win those games. Purdue at home plays so well that they're not going to be uh, – you're not going to probably have the same success that you had against them at home to where they shot in the low 30s mm-hmm. across the board. Okay? The success also came out of Tamanaga who had 19 points that game, shot the lights out of it. Uh, Zach Eady has some troubles with Derek Walker, who had a double-double that game, 14 and 10. So what you got to keep your eyes on is that expanded roles for some of those players. And it's something I think you maybe want to touch on, but you want to have and hope that you have success out of Wilhelm Breidenbach from the stretch aspect of his game. Because now if he can continue to start shooting more, uh, uh, having more success from three-point range, now you can, you're able to pull Zach Eady out a little bit. And then that gives you a little bit more room to operate in space and give you a little, give, give maybe a little bit more room to Derek Walker or others to be able to operate in space, especially when Derek Walker is on the bench. So 
those there's some nuances to the game that has to happen in order for Nebraska to have success in this game. There's going to be guys that are going to have to play well. They can't continue to score in the in the low 60s and in the upper 50s against a Purdue team um, to have success. They're going to have to get up there in the 70s to hopefully have a chance at this game. Against anyone. You, you really can't afford to score in the 50s, let alone the low 60s. Yeah. I, I did some digging. Nebraska yeah. has won twice this year scoring in the 60s is all. They beat Creighton yeah. 63-53, and Creighton put up like 43s and made very few of them. The other one was yeah. against Iowa when Iowa had an off night. Again, you can credit Nebraska's defense, you absolutely should, but if you're going to score in the low to mid-60s, the other team's got to have an off night, just the way college basketball is played now. If you're scoring in the 50s, there's really maybe one team you can get away with playing in the 50s with, and that's Rutgers. But that's exactly their style of game that they want to play. Other than that, you have to find a way... 65 should keep you in most games, and if your defense is good enough, 70 should win them. Is that fair? That's and that's what I was saying for this team, and that's why I think there has to be some expanded roles. Um, that's why I think it's un, it's unsustainable for their their starting groups to play those type and log those type of minutes mm-hmm. over thirty minutes a game, upper twenty minutes a game uh, continuously. Uh, I think they need to be able to expand uh, those opportunities for them. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough road. Um, uphill battle for them up up in Purdue in West Lafayette. So you mentioned those expanded rules. You touched on Wilhelm Breidenbach. We still don't have the starting lineup for tonight. Obviously, we're you know a few hours away from tip-off yet, but Fred Hoiberg said earlier in the week that with Jawan Gary's shoulder injury, he's being held out against Purdue. So it will be either Denim Dawson or Wilhelm Breidenbach to start. Which one makes more sense for what Nebraska wants to do? Well, for me, I think... Um, I think you're going to need size because you're going to want to rebound. You're going to want to match their rebounding. Uh, So you're probably going to need size. But I could also see that they can start with defense. Set a tone early. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Set a tone early. Denim Dawson, if you're willing to run, I think against Purdue, you have to not only get easy opportunities. So that means you've got to get out and and push tempo, right, Mm -hmm. Um, in order to have success. Because if you – are just going to be willing to stay in a in a half court offense against Purdue. You're in trouble. Ed Last dominates. Last game they had they had seven blocks. Mm-hmm. So so listen, if you're if you're willing to play that game and you're not willing to shoot the mid range, you know, good luck to you. You know, trying to win that game, right? So you're going to have to push. I say you push because why not take advantage of Breidenbach, Walker? I, I only maybe would settle a little bit if you're going to use Keita and use Keita as an extra body to body up, maybe put an extra foul or two, maybe to, you know, uh, wear down Edie a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't run like a gazelle, like, like you know, uh, Breidenbach and Walker can. Mm-hmm. I think you run them. You have to run them for easy opportunities to get put more points on the board. Because other than that, if you're going to stand in a, in a half-court offense, you're not going to have much success against this team. They play very good defense, too. Very good defense as a team, but also Zach Eady 7-4. Derek Walker has had Period. some success, but again, Zach Eady right now is probably the national player of the year. He's good. And that's exactly the style Purdue wants to play. Where Yeah, sure, they'll take advantage in transition if they get it, but I, I'm with you. They want to play in the half-court because Zach Eady's that good. Because he's, he's a cheat code. He's a glitch in so many ways. So... Getting out in transition for Nebraska, I think that their guards, Bandamel, if he can get out and run, I think he's more explosive than Purdue's guards. I think that's a good place for Kaysay 
in transition for C.J. Wilshire as well, since he's not as athletic, maybe. But if he can, you know, work hard, run the floor on these guards, and get him some easy opportunities as well. So let's say that it is uh, Wilhelm Breidenbach in the starting lineup. And you're, you're coaching. Are you running more five out to try to draw Edie away, or are you still keeping Derek Walker kind of on that nail for round one? Is there any high-low with Sam Griesel because he's bigger than Purdue's guards? What's, what's your game plan offensively for Nebraska? My game plan is if I'm going to use Walker there, Zach Edie's not going to pressure him. Why? Because he doesn't want Derek Walker to go by him and use his body to create angles of space. Mm-hmm. I would have been I would have been working with Derek Walker at at that mid range that free throw line jumper and knock that thing down. Then that brings Edie out a little bit more. And then when you have Breidenbach, I'm a five out system. Sure. Wide wide with pop action and Breidenbach, be ready to knock that stuff. I'm 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 Breidenbach's working on that all freaking week. I mean, I know they didn't have a full week, but whatever the time that they had in between the Illinois game and now, so. I would have done it like that, so I agree with you. Yeah, they 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 should use a more of a wide system with with a with a pop action with uh, Bright and Bach, and I would use a, a mid range action with uh, Walker uh, to try to draw him out. But I would have him shooting that shot, like he would be able to knock that little free throw line jumper down. Like you you fake like you're going because Zach Eady doesn't press up and he's not going to high hedge. He's not going to to be out hedging. He's going to be in a help a weak help mode. So if you turn the corner and you're not ready to shoot mid-ranges, he is going to wait for you to try to get to the basket. He's going to lose that stuff into the first row. So that's that's going to be what's happening. Defensively, Purdue will turn it over. They average 13 turnovers a game, uh, 13th in the Big Ten Conference in terms of numbers of turnovers. They can be had. But you also look at just how dominant Zach Eady can be. What's your preference to let Edie get his and not let other guys beat you? Or do you do what Nebraska's done? You keep doubling, send that aggressive double, try to fly around and force other guys not named Zach Edie to beat you. So I've said this before. Zach Edie's strength is catch, turn, pass. He's big enough that your 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 weak side doubles from a guard like Tamanaga, from a guard like Wilcher, from even from Bandamil, your your weak side doubles on catch are not going to really affect him too much, right? Mm -hmm. It did a little bit because your rotations were so crisp that you were able to get a few steals, get your hands on balls, so forth and so on. So it kind of threw them off. They're going to be ready for them. They're going to prepare him very well for this game. Now, I would come, I would switch it up if I would have been Fred Hoiberg in the the staff. I would have came on Edie on dribble. So Mm -hmm. meaning his first dribble, I'm at him. So I'm not letting him get to... To the block, I'm physical enough to not allow him to get to the block. Mm -hmm. But then on dribble, one dribble, I'm at him because if he takes two, he's gonna he's gonna get frazzled and and not know where his passes are gonna be because he's thinking about okay, he's covering me here. I feel him here. I'm going to my jump hook or I'm going to my body and I'm using my turn. He's thinking about his moves. He ain't thinking about where to pass the ball. So I would be coming on first dribble to throw Helfus timing a little bit. And then I would start mixing it up on catch, on dribble as the game progressed. But initially I would start coming on dribble to throw him off to hopefully get you a couple turnovers, get you a couple first shots. Uh, and then you have to rebound really hard on the weak side. That's going to be the key. That's where I think Juwan Gary's absence hurts. He's a more than willing rebounder. Yeah. He always crashes the glass. So whether it's Breidenbach or Denim Dawson in the starting lineup, those guys can't just be tall. 
they have to go get that ball because if you have that much attention on Edie, you do send that second guy, it makes it that much more important for those backside guys to make sure they're in position. And even if they're not the ones getting the rebound, get a body on someone. Just make sure Purdue doesn't get it because one shot is bad enough for Purdue. They have some good shooters and some high percentage look guys like Zach Edie. If you give them another chance, especially at home, that could be lights out. Absolutely, Austin. There's nothing to even add to that. That's exactly how I would have said it. You know, you can't give them multiple. That's why I say rebounding is a key. They have to be in close proximity with their rebounding numbers. Otherwise, it's going to be a long night for them out Purdue. And then I think they have to up their tempo in order to give them opportunities, not only in the half court. Yes, you run the half court. I call it push pro. Um, But see, this is where uh, point guard situations are are different. Griso is not your traditional point guard, right? He's a workable point guard. Very similar to probably me, except the difference is I was a pushing point guard. I can push, get in, probe, pressure you on the mm-hmm. on the offensive side, and if something opens, I can get there or I can also dish it off, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Griso is looking for setup. He's looking for post-up. He's looking for – those are his probe methods. But, see, he doesn't have a push to be able to get deep and do like a Steve Nash or somebody like mm-hmm. that or uh, uh, or a uh, – uh, Steph Curry, who can continue his dribble, or Chris Paul, and continue his dribble out to a mismatch situation or to another situation where you have the ability to then create again and then create those mismatch opportunities uh, in, 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 in the passing uh, of, of, of guys around the perimeter. So um, I don't think they have that. I don't think Bandamil can do that. I know C.J. Wilcher can't do that. Tominaga has a little bit of capabilities of doing that, but he doesn't do it enough. So that's going to be the, that's going to be the thing to watch. Speaking of that style you want to play, is this a Jamarcus Lawrence game? I know he's a freshman. I know it's yeah. a, a big game on the road, but he strikes me as more of that jitterbug that can get out in transition, that can run, do that probing. Do you give him a look tonight if your strategy is to push? I, you you have to see. You have to see if it works. <laughs> I mean, right now, throw everything against the wall and see if it works because your 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 strategy against him, if it's going to be a half-court strategy, it's not going to be a good one. It is not. Last thing before we get to the shootout in Nebraska and Purdue, 6 o'clock tip-off, uh, watch it on BTN. Is Purdue the best team in the conference? Right now they're tied with Michigan State at the top in conference record. We're about a, a quarter of the way through. Most teams have played five conference games. Some have played six. Purdue's 4-1 and one in conference, 15-1 and one overall. Uh, Michigan State, 12-4, and four, also 4-1. Four and one. Rutgers, just a half game back, 12-5, 4-2. For my money, Purdue's the best team in the conference. I think I trust them, and I trust Matt Painter the most. Would you agree? I just think their system is, is solid. You know, I just think their system, they really let me down. I had them going really deep in the um, in the tournament with Ivy and that crew mm-hmm. crew last year. Um, mm-hmm. They have a letdown potential to me. Michigan State has a dog mentality to me mm-hmm. as a collective, sure. right? Um, one of the things that I like about Michigan State is um, their point guard play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I really love the way that they play the point guard position. Um, for me, it's, it's uh, their ability to move the ball, to be unselfish. Um, uh, I like Tyson Walker uh, leading the charge for them. They have great balance. It's one of those situations like I hope to see with Nebraska. A.J. Hogard is a freaking um, uh, great, great leader as well. Joey Hauser is a freaking assist magnet. 
Um, I'm sorry, is a rebound magnet. He's a guy that handles himself on the inside, shoots great free throws. As a team, they shoot 75%. So they do everything solid. I actually like Miss Michigan State Ooh. as a whole. Um, I think A.J. Hogarth is an assist machine. He's a guy that can get there, make the right plays for them. They take care of the ball uh, pretty well as well. So they only turn the ball over, what, nine times a game? Mm-hmm. That's under 10. So they've got a lot of solid components that I like about with this team. They're deep. They're willing to go deep. And they've got multiple guys that can hurt you. That they do. That'll put a bow on our uh, Nebraska basketball discussion. Again, Huskers and Purdue tonight, 6 o'clock tip from West Lafayette, Mackey Arena. On the other side, we got the shootout with Strick looking at NFL playoff teams, uh, some news and notes about their season, some some questions for uh, Strick to answer, and then for you, you want to play shootout with Strick, your chance for $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Call now the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. That's 402-464-5685. Again, 402-464-5685. What do you know about NFL playoff teams, your chance to play the Husker Hall of Famer after this? <laughs> 